Reflections from Torch Trust, focusing on Christian faith and sight loss. Hello and a warm welcome to Reflections, the show from Torch Trust that focuses on faith and disability in today's world. I'm your host, Marilyn Baker, and love is very much in the air on today's show. In honour of St Valentine's Day on the 14th of February, we thought we'd spend a bit of time celebrating love. And that doesn't just mean romantic love. Let's start with a song. This is one of mine, and it's called Rest in My Love. really can rest and relax in God's love for us because it never fails, it never wavers. You see, God is always with us and that's a beautiful truth. Even when we know we've failed, God so wants to come alongside us and it says in the Bible that his mercies are new every morning. So because of his amazing forgiveness and understanding of us, I love the fact that each day can be a new start with him. You know, love takes many forms, whether it's God's love, the love of friendship, family or romantic love. For many people, one of the ultimate expressions of love in our society is getting married. 
Weddings come with a lot of traditions and expectations, but many of them may not be very sight-loss friendly. Well, we've been wondering how weddings can be made more accessible, so we spoke to friends of the show, Lynn Davies and Niall Geddes. Niall, who is partially sighted, is married to Mary. First of all, could you tell us, when did you get married? Um, I got married in October 2018, which seems so long ago, even though it was only five years this year. Wow, yes, pre-pandemic. I mean, different world. (laughs) Mm. And um, so I know that you and and your now wife um, did think about accessibility going into the wedding planning. So can you share with us some of the things that you did make sure were in place? Yeah, sure. So obviously me being a visually impaired uh, person, it was always on our mind and about accessibility, as I do have a lot of blind friends or visually impaired friends. So we thought about how they would never feel left out about during our wedding. So we we did bits ourselves. So we printed off large print um, service, service sheets for the service and we tried to make it accessible in the sense of there was no seating plan, so they never felt like there was any pressure for them to talk to people they don't know on the table and also to find out where they were actually sitting as well, because that can actually be a daunting question. Um, and also we, we encouraged like my sighted groomsmen um, to kind of be the rallying points to escort people over from the church to the wedding reception mm. uh, so we took like large groups over and we made sure we pointed out to the to the sighted groomsmen who were our um, visually impaired guests or blind guests that they could like make sure that they they were being looked after in the sense of they know where they are going and if they need any help they they know that they are there to help them so that was like that was the things we considered that's really cool. Was there anything that, as a visually impaired groom, was there anything you kind of wanted to put in place for yourself to make the day sort of run more smoothly for you? Um, so a visually impaired groom, I think my job really is to compliment how nice my wife looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, during the speech-wise, I, I kind of winged it because I knew I didn't want um, people to look at me just looking at my phone reading a speech because it would be really awkward because I, the phone would be up to my face. So I had to, I made up a speech on the spot. I know a lot of other people might not feel comfortable doing that. Um, so maybe a headphone with an audio speech as a prompt word, so they know where they are with their speech. So I waffled on for a bit. So maybe that would have helped me. Um but yeah, as a visually impaired groom, my my job was quite easy. It was to say I will, and um, to be there, and to say how how wonderful my wife looked. I am sure you aced all of those things. <laughs> uh, two out of three. Oh <laughs> no, I got three. I got I got all three out of three. It was okay. Good. I'm glad. I'm very glad. <laughs> and um, I know you've you've said since that looking back, there might have been a few more things you you could have you could have included to make it even more accessible. Do you mind sharing sharing what some of those things you would have done are? Yeah, for sure. So we had a few braille readers, um, and not knowing the service the service that Torch actually provides, that printing like braille service sheets for for special occasions like that. 
I could have really used that because I was given a, a, a totally blind person um, a large print sheet when I know that they can't see that, but it was it was just one was given to everyone and that it was up to them. And it was it made me feel a little bit silly that I know that they read Braille and I, I couldn't provide them the Braille because I don't have a Braille. For instance, um, we had a Kaylee in the evening. For those who don't know Kaylee, it's also like a barn dance and the cola. Yeah, it was hard for a person with a visual impairment, a visual impairment or a blind person to to interact with the Kaylee because it's all visual instructions. So I could have done a better job at like telling them like we have a few visually impaired people. They might not want to dance, but given the option, they might. And how how we could um, encourage them to. Uh, but it's just, it, yeah, it's just incorporating and making sure everyone's included, really. Mm. Um, I felt like there were certain aspects where everyone wasn't included in certain things and we could have done better. Ah, some, some interesting points there. So um, just just one more question from me then. Would you have any tips or suggestions or ideas for someone who is planning a wedding, um, whether they have a visual impairment or they're aware that they have guests who do? Have you got any advice? Yeah, I've, I've thought about this one as well. So anyone that is planning a wedding and you think that you have anyone with any accessible needs, ask them the question, what would you like? Mm. So run run it by them. Don't, don't just assume because they're blind, they need a braille braille service sheet because they might not read braille. But the likelihood is it's hard to have an audio one because there's a service going on. You can listen to the service, but ask the question. Um, let let that person that has that accessible need, but know that you are thinking about them. And one, that'll make them feel comfortable going into the event. Or two, it shows that you are thinking about them and you're trying to include them in everything that you're you're doing. And you're making them a part of your special day because that's what it's all about is being a part of your special day and you've been invited to share in the moment of two two people sharing and declaring their love to each other in front of god love is not proud love does not boast Love, after all, matters the most. Love does not run. Love does not hide. Love does not keep locked inside. Love is a river that flows through. And love never fails. Love will sustain, love will provide, love will not cease at the end of time, and love will protect, love always hopes, and love still believes when you don't. Love is the arms that are holding you Love never fails you 
to hear a groom's point of view but now I think it's time we heard from a bride those of you who listened last week will remember Lynn a blind torch staff member who married her husband William in 2019 I was just wondering if you can tell me some of the things that were really important to you as as a bride who is also a blind person were there particular things that you thought okay I'm getting married I'm going to have to really think about this element or that element. So the circumstances around my marriage and my wedding were quite different uh, in that we had to, or we chose to get married quite quickly so that we would be able to live in the same country. So for me, I was probably thinking more about that than about anything else. But the one thing that was important to me was I really did not want to stumble walking down the aisle because that is the one time in your life where all eyes are on you you're dressed up you're made up you look like a superstar and you're going to walk down there to your husband to be and uh yeah it would look quite ridiculous if I uh, tripped or stumbled Mm, okay so that's I mean that's a great point that is the moment isn't it everyone turns and looks at you and uh, <laughs> yes. quite intense yeah so yeah um, did you have someone walk down the aisle with you just to prove a point my husband's cousin walked down the aisle with me he was not the one that gave me away by the way hmm. um, but he walked down the aisle with me and the reason we decided to do that was because he's practically blind so we just wanted to show the world that two blind people can actually walk down the aisle and just prove that point um so he was used to that particular church and he knew the layout and we got to have a few rehearsals with the vicar a couple of days beforehand so I knew when the stairs were coming up and we also did a little signal because he can see very little but he can see stairs so he did like an arm signal to me when the stairs were coming up so I knew um, so we did actually do that and we practiced with uh, some non-wedding rings and yeah, we, we did a couple of rehearsals, which was quite cool. We've talked about the walk down the aisle and you're all dressed up in your finery. Can you tell me a little bit about your dress and what was important to you? Because uh, I've spoken to some people before who've said that as a blind bride, the feel of the dress or the sound that it made was important. Um, yeah, how how did you choose your dress? <laughs> 
<laughs> so I wanted a light Grecian style sort of wedding dress. And so I do care about how it feels, but I also am very open-minded when I'm going to pick something out because I know, I don't necessarily know exactly how I want it to feel, but I know what I don't want it to feel like. So it's easier to kind of eliminate. But I was very lucky with my wedding dress because I had a friend over who incidentally is also blind. And um, I was telling her that I was looking for a wedding dress and which style I wanted. And she said, well, hang on a minute. Do you remember the dress I wore when I got married? I'm selling that. And so her mum brought it over and I tried it on and it was the perfect wedding dress. It just fits me so nicely. And I got my perfect wedding dress that my friend had worn and she couldn't attend the wedding. And wearing that dress made me feel like she was there with me. And that was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's like that was meant to be. That's fantastic. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know, it's just meant to be. And, you know, who gets a lovely wedding dress that exactly like they wanted for 150 quid, eh? That doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Wow, you, you did so well there. So on to some other elements of the wedding now, and I'd like to talk about the hymns and the order of service. Now, how, how did you choose these? Did you want to have ones that you already knew? What happened with that process? So I left a lot of that to my husband and his grandmother. There were other elements, though, that I really was very keen on. So I was very keen on having a proper choir. Uh, my dad, who is a vicar, so this is not my birth dad, in case somebody has listened to Insights and know that I have grown up in two families but my my non-birth dad um he is a vicar and he was going to officiate part of the ceremony and it was really important for me because we were in another country to sing a Norwegian hymn so we did that and he was playing the guitar and me and my mom and my sister were singing and harmonizing so that was kind of us singing to the rest of the congregation but that felt really good Uh, and that made up for all the hymns that I didn't know And also, I think for me, when I was getting married, I was more uh, wrapped up in the dress and the makeup and the hair and all of that stuff. Um, You know, you've got to have your priorities right as a woman. Um, (laughs) That bit was sort of not as important to me or whether I had them in Braille or not. It just didn't cross my mind. Mm. Maybe if I had had a longer timeline between my engagement and my marriage, and if I had been more... Uh, knowledgeable about hymns which I am now I might have chosen hymns or I might have had a bigger influence on choosing them. What are some tips that you could give to anyone who is engaged now and you know they've got sight loss and they're kind of wondering how do they make a wedding work for them? I'm going to split this into a few different things so first I'm going to talk about uh, sort of the bride um, because it's important you might not be somebody who look who cares a lot about your looks or you might be a bit casual but like your, your wedding day is your day to be a superstar and to look amazing so make sure you have a dress you feel comfortable walking in uh make sure that you have trusted people to go with you to hair and makeup appointments practice a few different styles um try a few different looks and have some sighted people with you like i said who can let you know what's more flattering so that's the one thing i would say for the bride i mean the groom um i guess it's a similar thing make sure you have trusted people who can um help you with a suit that is flattering and, and wear something that you feel comfortable in as well and remember all eyes are on you and um 
when it comes to the, the the couple, get the rehearsal in because that's really important. Get the rehearsal, walk down the aisle, um, rehearse the vows, how you're going to say them, where you're going to say them. Rehearse the exchange of rings. You can use any rings for that. You don't have to use wedding rings. Um, and just kind of get a feel for what that feels like. Even have rehearsals in the hall where you're planning your reception. If it's like a restaurant or a hall or whatever you're choosing for your reception. And, and things like that. And for colours, by the way, I'm completely blind. I've never seen colours. Um, choose colours that you just like the sound of. And then people can let you know whether they go together or not. And you can make adjustments based on that. So I had silver, turquoise and white as my wedding because it was a very springy summery time and I just wanted something light and I thought that sounded really nice <laughs> it does. um yeah I would say with with hymns with the service you know choose hymns that mean something to you I would say if you can know them by heart I would know them by heart because I do not recommend carrying around braille orders of service when you are a bride or a groom because you're going to be doing photography you're going to maybe have rice thrown on you. Like there are so many different wedding traditions that um, I would say carry as little extra as possible. And at the end of the day, just have fun with it and make a wedding that is personal to you because it's a day that you are going to look back on and you want to look back on that thinking, this was truly our wedding. Who will me for me not for what i have done or what i will become who will love me for me because nobody has shown me what love what love really means what love really means her office is
And that was What Love Really Means by J.J. Heller. Well, we're nearly out of time for this week, but we couldn't finish our show about love without a thought for the week about God's love. It was written by Stephen Richards. When I was still in short trousers, there was a song out which I liked. It was performed by the teddy bears. The first lines went like this. To know, know, know him is to love, love, love him. Just to see him smile makes my life worthwhile. A song by teenagers for teenagers. And the sentiment went something like this. Girl gets to know boy in such a way that she can't help falling in love with him. Hook, line and sinker. Now her only desire in life is to bring him joy. Press the rewind button and go from the light pop culture of the 1950s to Westminster Abbey in the mid-1600s. Here, Parliament had commissioned a gathering of clergy and theologians to work on putting together a written confession of Christian faith. The aim was to consolidate the reforms that had swept through the Church of England over the previous century or so. It was done in a question-and-answer style. Listen to the first tenet. Question. What is the chief end of man? In other words, why are we here? Answer. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Both the teddy bears and the devout Christian thinkers at Westminster Abbey made a similar connection between knowing someone, loving them, and desiring the other party's joy. What that question and answer states is simple yet profound, because it says why we are here. Unlike any other creatures, we are uniquely equipped to come to know God, which leads to our loving and adoring him. This in turn will show itself in our wanting to bring him pleasure. It's not one-way traffic either, for God himself knows us, loves us, and desires for us to enjoy a relationship with him. Going back to the teddy bear's lyric, girl meets boy and gets to know him, sounds natural enough. But how does a man or woman get to meet God and start to know him? This is where Christianity is unique, in that it directs us to Jesus. It is he who spoke and acted in such a way as to say, if you want to know what God is like, just look at what I do and listen to my words. In essence, Jesus was saying, Know me and you know God. We meet Jesus and through him God when we hear about him or read about him. And God's own spirit speaks to our hearts, pricks at our conscience and challenges our mindset. If we will sincerely follow through with this introduction, then we may anticipate experiencing a two-way loving relationship with him, where each side desires to be the joy of the other. Well, I'm sorry to say that we're all out of time. We hope you've enjoyed sharing the love with us today, and we'd love to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts, concerns 
and tips about planning an accessible wedding. And we may feature you on a future show. If you'd like to know more about how Sight Loss Friendly Church can help your church to be more accessible for people with sight loss, then do get in touch. The number to call is 01858 438 260. That's 01858 438 260. Or you can email info at torchtrust.org. You can also find plenty of great information on our website. Just go to torchtrust.org slash sightlossfriendlychurch. Sightlossfriendlychurch has got hyphens between each word. Until next week, from me, Marilyn, and everyone on the Reflections team, goodbye and God bless. You've been listening to Reflections from Torch Trust.